Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Request by one of our staff members. Who was that? That was Charlie, young Charlie. Big Wham fan, is Charlie. In fact, he looks a bit like Andrew Ridgely, does Charlie. It doesn't look like George Michael. Um, that's probably more juice, but um, yeah, Andrew Ridgely, Charlie. Uh, staff, text from Ken the Auckland Hawks Bay game on Saturday. You can buy a virtual seat to help the floods in the bay. Child $5, student 15 Auckland 25 Great idea by Auckland Rugby. You can go to aucklandrugby.com. Flick it. Is that flick it? AucklandRugby.flickit.co.nz. Yes, that's a great um, great cause as well. Still so much devastation through Hawke's Bay. I was there a couple of weeks ago and you drive that um, Napitopal Road through the Esk Valley. It's it, it's like it happened last week for a lot of those poor people. And that's just one part that you get to witness up close. A um, lot of work still to be done. Uh, still on the rugby theme now. And we're going to go for a Northern Hemisphere, uh, hemisphere perspective. Sorry, And Ireland, uh, number one rugby team in the world, best team in the world. We are joined by rugby commentator Michael Corcoran. Great to be chatting to you today. And it's good to talk to you as well. I'm not sure about the introduction, mind, but uh, nevertheless, let's continue on. <laughs> <laughs> 16 of the last 18 matches Ireland have won. The only two they've dropped, uh, by my recollection, one to the All Blacks, one to New Zealand Māori, but that wasn't the Irish top team, so I'll, I'll excuse you that. This this is the best Irish era, surely, ever. Well, it certainly is the most consistent. That's the reality about it. Um and they've they've uh, they've set a level for themselves, you know, that they want to perform at, which they have done consistently over the last while. Um, and they've just got into a habit of winning matches um, without maybe hitting hitting the sort of the top buttons, uh, you know, on a couple of occasions. But they've still um, they've still managed to, to to win games, some scratchy performances from time to time. Um, I mean, they played Italy a couple of weeks back. That wasn't a great performance, to be fair about it. Um, demolished England at, at the weekend, uh, which from an Irish point of view is always pretty pleasing. <laughs> um, but, yeah, you know, that there's, there's a consistency of performance there. Uh, we used to probably have, you know, eight to ten top quality players. And then if some of them were missing, we were under pressure with, uh, with the next level down. But, you know, Mark, one of the things uh, that helped uh, develop and bring this team forward quite immensely was that uh, that, that three-game test series against um, the All Blacks in New Zealand last year. 
on those two Maori matches in between. Um, it, it, it enabled Andy Farrell um, and the coaching staff to bring a much larger squad than he normally would. Um, and, you know, some people kind of thought, even particularly at this part of the world, some people thought, what the hell are they playing sort of extra additional games, you know, but uh, far. But um, the whole idea was, was, was to give players the opportunity to, to, to gain exposure to play at the highest level. Um, and and we're seeing that we're seeing that now because um, you know the, the, the obviously our, our kind of our main team are really good, but those who are following on behind are are not are are pretty good also, and that's that's I think testament to what happened last year um, down in New Zealand, and that was really the starting point. Yeah, I th- I think that Irish team that came to New Zealand last year, in my memory, I think that's the best performance I've seen against the All Blacks in New Zealand consistently like it was mm. it was just such as as a rugby fan the Irish team were just a joy to watch and the big thing for me Michael and you've sort of touched on it there um there were no individual standouts it was just a green wave and does that go back to Andy Farrell like, oh, this guy he's a whiz he's terrific um and i mean they've just got a real Apart from the talent of the players, I mean they've they've got um, a real mental toughness uh, about about them, um, a refusal to to die. Um, I mean I've been to New Zealand I think seven or eight times during the course of my career, and normally you you know if you if if you don't do well in the first test, if you drop the first test, um, you know the the results for what happens after that it tends to go downhill pretty quickly. Um, and you know the th- the thing about it is, is having lost having lost the first test in in, um, in Eden Park. Um, it, it, you know, it, it probably took a bit of the pressure off, but I I, I kind of felt uh, looking back at that at that first test game, um, people read way too much altogether into the actual final result of the of the game because there were a couple of tries in that. Yes, I mean they were scored and they were awarded. One was an intercept. One was a bouncing ball that sort of went in between two players and it was touched down. Yes, it was a try and New Zealand deserved to win. But Ireland came away from that thinking, do you know what? We're actually not that far away at all, to be fair about it. And um, that second test in, in Dunedin was, was a terrific game, um, a terrific win. And, and certainly, um, I will say the opening 40 minutes in that third test in, in, in Wellington is probably as good as I've, I've never seen Ireland play when they, they tore apart New Zealand. I mean, some of the tries I scored were absolutely sensational, to be fair about it. Um, but I mean, look, I mean, that, that we're talking about, and, and I've constantly said all of the time, we, we talk about the, the respect that Irish people have for New Zealand, for the All Blacks. Um, and that, that's, that's the esteem that, that we, that we hold New Zealand, uh, rugby in basically that, you know we're fortunate to be able to, to to play against you on quite a regular basis now. Um, I've been I've been there on, on bad days from an Ireland point of view. I was there at that sixty nil performance in Hamilton many years back, and that was one of the darkest days. Well, you know, Wellington last year was probably one of the brightest ones. And you know the fact that we can measure ourselves against New Zealand now and learn from you as a country and as a people. I mean that's where we're certainly reaping the rewards for that time at this point in time. You've had the number of um, the Northern Hemisphere teams as well. As I say, just unbeaten in the North for a long, long time. Mm. Who, who, 
from an Irish perspective, who are the big threats for the World Cup this year? Well, you see, I mean, it's a kind of thorny issue, isn't it, as to when the when the um, when the draw, you know, the, the, for the pool stages is made and the draws for the quarterfinal and everything, and you you have a a pretty lopsided draw this year. Um, you know, you got you got France and New Zealand in one pool, you've Ireland and South Africa in the other pool, and they're all bracketed to meet each other in the quarterfinals of the competition. Mm. Yet, yet, like the crazy thing about it is, you had a you had Ireland. With, with that big win over England last weekend, um, and England, I have to say, are really poor. I mean, they've conceded 32 tries in the last 10 matches. Um, so they're certainly, obviously, holding something back coming up to the World Cup. Um, but, you know, the, 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 the thing about it is that is that you have a scenario with a team like England, Australia, Wales, they're all on the other side of the draw. And they've got a really terrific chance to get to the semi-final of the competition. But two of the big four, if I can call them that, are on the other side, and they won't get past the quarterfinal. Um, I mean, that opening game is going to be a terrific match. That um, that France-New Zealand game is going to be sensational, to be fair about it. I mean, that first weekend is going to go a long way to decide who comes first and second in quite a few of the pools, because you've got down in Marseille, you've got South Africa are playing Scotland as well, and um, England are playing Argentina. Um I, I I think that South Africa and Ireland will will progress from their pool. Obviously, I think that France and and New Zealand will progress from their pool. And um, I, I I genuinely feel that France have a great chance of winning the competition at home. But from what I've seen of of New Zealand uh, during the course of the rugby championship, I just like there's there's something about them this year that wasn't there last year. Mm. Um, I'm not going to call it the Josh Schmidt factor, uh, but certainly I, I think just like Ireland have learned an awful lot from playing against New Zealand last year, I think New Zealand have learned an awful lot about themselves. Um, you know, in terms of um, that series defeat against Ireland last year, and they're back to what I would say would be approaching their best and peaking at probably just the right time. Um, and I, I actually think, I genuinely think that the, the, the favourites for the competition um, are France and and New Zealand. And I think it'll be decided between the two of them. Just looking at your group, we always try and find um, spoilers in the World Cup. Down our part yeah. of the world, we think Fiji's pretty good and they could tip, tip the odd uh, or cause the odd upset. What about Scotland? They've been going about their business. They're under Gregor. They're, they're a little bit more expansive, could they cause an upset in your mm. group somewhere? Well, they could. You see, and they're playing. They're playing South Africa in that in in their opening game in Marseille. That's their very first match. Um, and if um, if South Africa aren't careful, um, Scotland could take them. That's the reality about it. Now, the, the the thing is that you know I've been reading a good bit of stuff about the South Africans over the last uh, week or ten days, and people are kind of wondering. You know, are they as good as they were in 2019? I, I really don't know. That's the reality about it. They are certainly four years older. Um, are they four years better? Mm, I'm not sure. Mm. Um, I mean, there is some talk that Andre um, Pollard and Lucania um, are going to come into their final squad for the Rugby World Cup. And if they do come in, I mean, that's a, that's a massive boost for them. Um, but in terms of Scotland, yes, yes, that, 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 that there's a consistent of performance for them also 
Um, and in terms of the pool, uh, you know, they've got South Africa first and they've got Ireland last. Um, so with respect to them, they can put all their eggs in the one basket for the first game and they can mix and match for the two games in between with, with respect to to uh, Romania and, um, and to Tonga. And, and then have a have a crack off Ireland on the last match. I mean that Ireland Ireland Scotland game, the last pool match, um in, in Paris should be should be an absolutely sensational game to be fair about it. Yeah. So I mean I, yeah, that I'm not being dismissive of Scotland at all, but I mean I mean South Africa, Ireland and, and, and Scotland are gonna have they're gonna have some right uh, a right old battle to see who the top two in that pool are going to be. Just on the squad for the Irish team for the World Cup, um, down here in New Zealand, there was all this conjecture who would make it, what would be the forwards-backs split. Mm. Um, we've got we've always had good depth in New Zealand, so there were some unlucky ones. Just with the depth now in Ireland, I'd imagine there were some very good players who missed out as well. Well, we we announced our squad Monday of next week, and we have a we have a we have a problem at the moment, um, particularly after this weekend. Um, we do have a. I mean, I'm talking up the, you know, the kind of strength and depth, I guess, really in the last, uh, the last couple of minutes of the course of our conversation. But we now have a particular problem at um, at hooker because our starting hooker is a uh, Dan Sheen, is a pretty dynamic forward, a dynamic player, mm. um, line out throwing, really good around the pitch, um, and he's picked up a foot injury last weekend. Now, my understanding is that he could be out for up to four weeks. Um, his his understudy is his Leinster colleague Ronan Kelleher, who has a problem with a hamstring at the moment. Um, and they're our top two. That's the reality about it. Um, so we could have, we could have a bit of an issue there um, before final selection next week. Um, Keith Earls won his 100th cap for Ireland at the weekend, um, scoring a try, the fifth try for Ireland against um, against England. And I think he's in. In a bit of a battle to try and make it into the um, into the final uh, into the final squad. Um, so the squad, final squad of thirty three. So let's see what's going to happen. I mean, Johnny Sexton hasn't played either because he's been suspended. Um, but um, let's 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 see which way Andy Farrell goes. I know there's there's been this debate, hasn't there, all the way along the way whether people go, you know. Uh, nineteen forwards or eighteen forwards or fourteen or fifteen backs, that type of thing, really. Uh, and I, I see uh, strategically there are a couple of uh, hastily arranged barbarians and country A matches taking place in and around the European area as well to kind of keep people pretty fresh um, and, and, and nearby in, in, in case they need to be called in. But um, I think it's going to be a pretty open competition. Um, I think it's going to be a pretty open tournament. And uh, I think it's going to be a good one. Hopefully it's going to be the best one ever. Yeah, potentially it is uh, just that sloped or that slanted draw with the top four teams. Well, you could. Yeah, that's that's the that's the one that's the one that's the one problem that I do have with it. To be fair, that um, you know they've got to they've got to find a way around that. Like I mean, it's not for me to be deciding these things, but I have to find a way around that. It's just a, it's it's I think it's frankly ridiculous. Like looking walking out of the Aviva Stadium after calling the match. Uh, last weekend to kind of think that you've a team that Ireland have absolutely demolished um, and beat them in the Six Nations Championship this year as well and they could get to a semi-final of the World Cup and Ireland mightn't, mightn't even make it to a quarter-final. Mm. And finally, I was talking to Michael Corcoran, uh, rugby uh, RTE, rugby commentator out of Ireland. Just There's been an announcement that they're going to have a foul play review bunker and the shot clock installed into 
the Rugby World Cup. How much effect do you think that'll have? Well, I think the I'm actually in favour of the uh, the bunker thing because I think it takes a lot of the pressure off the uh, the referee, um, and it should also take a lot of the pressure off these long-winded replays that we see on television screens, um, you know, in in the stadium. And one of the things that has been a, a plague on the game, as far as I'm concerned, certainly in this part of the world, it really depends on what country you go to. Uh, what camera angles were being made available, and I said it's very tongue-in-cheek, so you've got to understand my meaning here, <laughs> what camera angles were being made available to the tele- television match official or indeed the referee, whether there was foul play or, or otherwise. Mm. Uh, but this is probably going to, if like this will come in, this will regularise the whole thing, and it means there's 11 playing fields. You know, I'm, I'm actually in favour of the fact, I'm in favour of the whole scenario we saw last weekend, at the Aviva Stadium, where England had a player sent off for the second week in a row. Um, I mean, it was it was um, it was upgraded. Billy Vanapol upgraded from a yellow card to a red card. I think it takes the pressure off the referee and it allows a separate person to have a look at it independently and leave the referee uh, and everybody else get on with the game basically and um, and speed the match up because we certainly don't want and we have seen them, haven't we, in all over the world, two or rugby games. You know, with, with all these stoppages that we've had over the last number of years. And if that, um, if this helps speed up the game and if this helps give the advantage to a team on the pitch as distinct from, you know, somebody being suspended a couple of days later because of their, uh, because they're sighted and they have to go through a hearing. Uh, let's, 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 Let's see the benefit on the pitch of play rather than in the uh, in the courtroom a couple of days later. Let's just hope uh, you've done a tongue in cheek. I'll do a tongue in cheek. Let's just hope they're a little bit more accurate than they were with the Owen Farrell decision. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm so I'm so sorry, all of us. Yeah. <laughs> oh, listen, I mean, we we have to we have to have we have to have clarity for everybody. We have to have clarity for the players. We have to have quality our our clarity rather for for management. We have to have clarity for spectators, for broadcasters. Everybody else to be singing off the same hymn sheet here because we have to understand what is a high shot and what is not a high shot, what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. You know, what is direct contact. I, I was under the impression that World Rugby were trying to trying to clamp out direct shots to the head. And over the last couple of weekends, I've just been left completely confused altogether. Yes, let's hope that all gets cleaned up. Michael, out of Ireland, really appreciate your time down here in New Zealand today. It's going to be a banging next few weeks. And it's good to talk to you, Mark, on any stage, mate. Hope you enjoy the competition. Hard not to. Hard not to enjoy this World Cup that is coming up, and we will have coverage for you here on SNZ. Interesting points there from Michael Corker. Not getting ahead of himself, but they have a very, very good side, have Ireland. Haven't really performed in previous World Cups, but I'd argue this is the best team I can remember, my living memory anyway. Uh, interested in your feedback on any of his thoughts, Double eight, double three, or 0800 150 811.